This is Journey Week on Amplify Ambition. I decided to put together the stories of several women that have inspired me, but also have grown their business their own way. The road to entrepreneurship is not one size fits all. Not everyone is meant to be an entrepreneur, to be a coach, to be a service for provider, or even to work in the online space. And so I wanted to bring together some amazing women. You can hear their story. You can definitely learn from them. But I also want to make sure you know that your journey in entrepreneurship, again, it's not one size fits all. And you have to do what works for you and your life and your own personal growth journey on top of the type of business you decide to run. So I hope you enjoy these four stories over the next four days. This is Journey Week on Amplify Ambition. Welcome back to another episode of Amplify Ambition. I'm so excited to have one of my mastermind sisters. We connected over a year ago, I think it was, um, that we were in the same mastermind. And Soul is literally a beautiful soul. Um, She has an amazing journey and story, but just brings such a light into everything that she does. She lives in a sunny city, but I'm sure that sunlight travels with her everywhere she goes and just how she presents herself and her spin on life and her perspective to help us all really become the best version of ourselves. So welcome to the show, Soul. Thank you so much. Uh, you have no idea. I'm so excited to be here. So excited to uh, collaborate on this beautiful podcast and uh, also catch up <laughs> with <Yeah>. you <laughs> and share everything I can with your audience, anything that uh, might be helpful as well. So thanks for having me. Absolutely. So before we dive into um, your story and really kind of the work that you actually do now, I started off as a multi-passionate coach and I believe that we bring all of who we are to the table. But if someone were to look at your Instagram, what is something that you're really passionate about and care about, but it's not really on brand for what we typically see? Um, And at a glance, um, you wouldn't know that I am obsessed with uh the arts like performing arts (laughs) that's kind of what uh actually led to everything that I'm doing but uh, if I wasn't doing what I'm doing I would definitely be um I would be in LA trying my shot at being an actress (laughs) which is a little you wouldn't really guess from a glance but yeah that's what I wanted to do when I was young and it's played a role in what I do now but it's not so obvious that makes any sense you wouldn't read like you wouldn't think like this this is someone who wants to be an actress and uh so yeah that's that's one of the the many things one of I guess the key thing I love that and I think so I know you and I know parts of your story so like to me I'm like oh that makes sense um but for everyone that's listening you know tell us what it is that you're doing now and you've had quite the roller coaster of so many things so I think as people hear your story they'll be like maybe she should go to LA uh but I'd love to hear kind of what led you to the work that you're doing now okay so my story is um well my story is very interesting so I a lot of people don't see this at a glance either when they first look at you know my Instagram until you actually start reading maybe some of the captions or you look at my website but uh, what started all of this is that I once upon once upon a time lived a self-destructive lifestyle. I mean, we're talking um, arrest, uh, ER visits, bar fights. I mean, it was not good. And this was in my younger years, my earlier 20s. And um, the fifth time that I got arrested, and yes, I got arrested five times. And I, I realized that there was something within me that said, you deserve more than this. And it was just like this voice, you know, that I had never, maybe it was always there. I never listened to it, but I, I felt like this is, I need to listen to this. You know, I, I, I do deserve more than this. And this isn't what my parents had worked so hard for. You know, my dad was born in 1929 through the Great Depression, Black man in America, through the civil rights movement, segregation, uh, went to the Vietnam War and worked so hard for me to have the life that I had. My mom was an immigrant from Mexico also worked really hard to come here to the U.S. and learn the language. And um, this isn't what they had 
worked so hard for me to end up in these jail cells and um, emergency rooms. And uh, I realized like this isn't the legacy that I want to leave for my name, for my parents. And uh, I, I wanted to do more. I didn't know what that was. Uh, I, I had no idea what direction to go in. And uh, there were several things that kind of led me to where I am now. Um, number one, I needed a hobby and, um, and I needed to fill up that time that I had spent, that I was spending being self-destructive. And of course, I um, decided to join acting school. I was still in college at the time. I was going to school full-time and I was going to acting school at night. And, um, and I, was, I was just like, you know, this is, this is just to fill up my time. Simultaneously, I knew that I had to do something about all of these repressed emotions that I had that were obviously making me act out. I had found, uh, I had found uh, meditation. Meditation wasn't as accessible as it is now. It's not everywhere and anywhere. And um, the only thing that I really knew about was uh, Deepak Chopra's 21 day meditation challenge. He was the only one that was really promoting meditation in that way at the time. And it wasn't even ran by him. It was, uh, it was a man named David G. So it wasn't even Deepak at the time running the meditations. Uh, it was uh, David G. And I started you know, this meditation challenge and again, simultaneously going to acting school in the evenings. And meditation, through my first meditation, which was a Dharma meditation, um, it was, there was a question that David G was asking. And he kept saying, what do you want? What do you want? What? And it was like trying to get your, your soul to speak from you. And, uh, and, and for you to say what you, what it is that you truly desire, right? And I was kind of annoyed by the question because I was like, what does that even mean? Like, what do I want? Like, like it's obvious, you know, we all want, you know, these superficial things that, I, that kept coming up and money and, um, you know, like um, just all the other superficial things that, that we feel everybody desires. But um, something really came up for me and I had to listen to it. Something came up within me that said, I want to help people, which if you knew me at the time, you would be like, that is crazy. Cause I even thought that was crazy. Like, I don't want to help people. You know, I, I can't even help myself. I, I need help myself. And how could I help people? I have nothing to give. I'm the girl that was just getting arrested, you know, um, not too long ago. Like, I, like, how could I help people? So that followed me. I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, I couldn't let go of that. I couldn't release that. So um, I decided I would help people the best way I knew how. Again, back then, uh, things were a little different. There wasn't, uh, oh, I'm just going to go online on my Instagram and start coaching and helping women. That wasn't a, like, as, I mean, I, I guess it existed, but not, it wasn't as popular as it is today. So there wasn't very many ways that I knew to help others aside from volunteering. I started volunteering at a church and uh, I, I was helping out every Friday night at a soup kitchen where, you know, we made food for the less fortunate. And that really helped put things into perspective. It really did. Uh, I don't know if that was a way I was meant to help people, but it was a step in the right direction. And um, every, every Friday, they also had a guest speaker. And one day, uh, the guest speaker didn't show up. And they asked uh, they asked the audience or anybody that there if they wanted to speak. This woman who would show up for the food every Friday raises her hand and she was, she, she had a mental illness and it was very obvious. So we were all, you know, like curious as to, you know, if she was going to be allowed to speak. And of course, uh, the guy holding the mic said, you know, the Lord has a message, you know, that was stored within you. You need to bring forth who am I to stop you and gives her this mic. And we're all curious because she used to have these emotional outbursts. So we're like, oh no, someone just gave her a mic, you know, like what, what's going to happen now? So everyone's watching and um, she actually had something, a really powerful message that I, you know, I, I, I bring with me till this day. And this is something that I actually even teach my clients. So she was talking about, she was at the bus stop and somebody came up to her and asked her for, for money. And she said, I don't have money. She turned them away. And then she, as they were walking away, she said, wait, I can do better than that. 
she reaches into her pocket and she has 17 cents and she calls a man back and gives him 17 cents. The man says, thank you. And uh, he ends up walking away. She says, no, 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 I can do better than that. Reaches into her pocket again and pulls out 22 cents and gives it to him. And the man walks away. And her whole point was that no matter how little you think you have, you always have enough to give someone else. And I was like stunned by that because I felt like she was speaking to me because I felt like, how could I help people? I was still hearing this, this something within me saying, you need to help others. You need to help others. But I was like, I can't even help myself. Like I have nothing to give. And she made me realize that yeah, no matter how little I thought I had at that time, I had something to give, whatever it was. And I, at the time I didn't know what it was, but later it came to me and I said, I have a story to tell, you know, the story of like recovery from this crazy lifestyle and what brought me there and what I'm doing. Cause I didn't have it figured out at that time. And not that I have it figured out now, but I didn't have it for sure figured out <laughs> in any way, shape or form back then. And, uh, and and it, it was just very powerful that I realized I have a story to tell. I signed up to be a guest speaker at that church um, a few weeks later, and I didn't know what I was going to say, but I decided to just tell my story of how I got into the self-destructive lifestyle and the steps forward and how I was believing in uh, hope and miracles and, and, um, and just, you know, what, what, I, what I hoped for the future and having the vision. And... It, it was just a lot of people, you know, seemed to have found it helpful. I went on Facebook that day and um, I wrote, you know, just about my experience. Like I just gave a presentation, you know, at this church. And um, so now back to what was happening with acting. Um, so again, so there was, it was this twofold, you know, of how I got to where I am now. So meanwhile, as all this is happening, of course, I was in acting school. I was in acting school for a while and acting school, ended up being very, um, it helped me express my emotions in a safe place. So with acting, you could be angry, you could be sad, and it was all okay. And you had, you know, it was, it was my character, you know, quote unquote, being angry, being sad. It wasn't me, which made it a safe place for me to express my feelings, which I'll tell you how that leads to what I do now. And um, so I was taking this, 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 acting um all these acting classes and at the time I was in a scene study class and I'd never done scene study I'd never gotten that deep into a character it was like a, a three-month program it, I mean it was it was studying the exact same character for three months it was very intense and I had a, a scene study partner my scene study partner had just won Miss Arab USA that year and uh, she was speaking you know all over the nation everywhere so when I went and posted on social media that I had given the speaking presentation, she was like, I didn't know that you were a speaker. She's like, I'm working for this organization and I think that you should come speak. And I said, well, no, 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 I'm not a speaker. <laughs> I just gave one presentation. I'm not a speaker. I was just trying to share my experience of that night. And she said, well, I've seen you at acting school. You've been my scene study partner for the last few months. And I think that you would be amazing. You should try it out. And you have a story to tell. We're looking for people that have a story to tell. And um, so she convinced me. I ended up uh, speaking uh, with this organization. And I gave, I mean, I, I was getting paid for this, which is interesting. Most people work really hard to be paid speakers, <laughs> but I gave one presentation and then became this paid speaker. And, um, and I loved it. It was very cathartic. I could tell my story and it was very therapeutic for me while simultaneously helping others. And at the time I was working in this corporate environment and I was dying a slow death in my cubicle. Um, I would, I got really good at my job and I would work for four hours and, and finish everything. And then the, the next four hours I would work on my blog at a blog at the time. And it was on personal development, of course. And I realized I just didn't really want to be there. I wanted to speak when I was speaking. I was like, there's nowhere else in the world that I would want to be than on this stage right now. And uh, one day something happened at work. It was, it was, I don't even know what happened. I just had enough. I put everything in a box and left. And I was like, I don't work here anymore. Just quit. And I took on speaking full time. At the time I had uh, an acting agent 
And um, I said, I'm going to move to LA. That was <laughs> how we started this conversation. I was going to move to LA and I was going to be an actress. And um, the speaking was just so amazing that I was like, this feels more fulfilling and more rewarding than all the TV work that, you know, I've been wanting to do. And, and at the same time, I had gotten into a relationship and um, this person was like, I don't see myself going to LA. Uh, and I was like, okay, this is a universe telling me that I need to go down this path. Uh, one of my dreams, one of the biggest things that I've manifested was moving to the Bahamas. I lived in the Bahamas for two years. Um, it was the craziest thing. I had gone to the Caribbean for the first time ever January that year for my birthday. And I was like, wouldn't it be cool if I lived here? I started writing about it every single day. And like, lo and behold, six months later, out of nowhere, uh, we get the opportunity to move to the Bahamas. I was like, I manifested this. And when I moved to the Bahamas, there was no um, no way for me to like really express myself with my with my speaking the way that it, there was here in the U.S. And that's when I turned to online. I started an online business. I um, started uh, coaching uh, women online, and um, from there, it just you know it just kind of. Um, it, it was crazy. It's, it's, a, it's a crazy story, but I had, you know, it, my business story was very interesting because I had attended uh, Gabriel Bernstein's uh, Spirit Junkie Masterclass, um, you know, right before I moved to the Bahamas. Somehow I got funneled into a lot of, it's a very long story, but I got funneled into a lot of clients. A lot of people were going to my website because of that. <clears throat> and um, so all of a sudden I have this coaching business and I have you know, this long list of a roster of clients, very long story. And um, I gave it all up. I ended up giving all that up. I felt that I wasn't uh, suitable to be a coach. I went through a breakup and uh, my life was in shambles. I felt that um, my life wasn't as picture perfect as it once upon, once upon, a, once upon a time was. And this is one, one lesson that I would like to give uh, viewers is that sometimes you look at Instagram, right? And you look at social media and you see these people living in these like faraway places or they're traveling, living their dreams and they're, you know, beautiful and they have, you know, the perfect relationship and it's just like relationship goals. And I didn't realize that I had been working towards that subconsciously. Like and when I was living in the Bahamas, I thought that I had made it. I had that Instagrammable life. I had the perfect boyfriend and he was like a prince charming and like, you know, fulfilling my every, you know, traveling desire. He was handsome. And, you know, I'm living in this faraway, beautiful, exotic land. And, you know, I, I just thought like, I have, I have my coaching business. I have the work from anywhere lifestyle. And I was traveling the world and taking my clients with me. And I thought, this is it. I made it. I reached that Instagrammable life that every person, you know, desires. And that was like newer at the time. So the fact that I was living it, it was just like, I made it. Well, it turns out that Prince Charming wasn't um, Prince Charming after all. Um, he ended up cheating on me with a local who he later married six months after we broke up. And um, I ended up going back home uh, to my parents' house out of all places at 30 years old. I hadn't lived there since I was 18. And I had a luggage to my name. And I said, who am I to be coaching people? I have no idea what I'm doing with my life. Because I believe that if your life wasn't this like picture perfect, Instagrammable life, then like who, you know, like who are you to teach anything to anybody? I also didn't want to be in the limelight anymore. I had based so much of my coaching and like I manifested the Bahamas and I manifested this boyfriend and just got, got caught up in what we see till this day on social media. And we feel like that's who we need to be. And because of that, I took a step back and I said, I should have never gone into coaching. I had no business there. And I quit and I went back to TV where I became a um, weather forecaster and a journalist. And I felt this is what I should have been doing from the beginning. I don't know what I was thinking, uh, thinking that I could live this Instagrammable life and that I could sustain it. But while I was doing that, I felt 
a call to, I just want to continue helping people. And uh, I was trying to use my platform as a journalist and weather forecaster to inspire people. It just wasn't the same. Um, I really tried. And I was like, well, maybe I can be like this inspirational journalist. I had worked out with my, with my, uh, with the, with my, um, uh, my newsroom that I didn't want to deliver, you know, the bad news. I said, listen, I, I was an inspirational speaker. I was a life coach. There's no way that now I'm showing up delivering bad news to people. Like I just won't. So they gave me a special segment. The segment was delivering all the good news of the city. Um, and, uh, <laughs> yes. but so, so, um, of course I just, that's just not where I wanted to be. That ended up not working out for me in the long run. And I was just like, what's next? Like, I don't know if I want to go back to TV. Part of me wants to go back to coaching, but I don't know how. And I've already taken some time off. I'm pretty sure I look pretty flaky. Like I'm coaching. No, I'm not. I'm coaching. No, I'm not. Um, now I'm TV. Now I'm coaching. Now I'm on TV. Now I'm coaching. And uh, so part of me was just like, I don't know what to do. Um, a close family friend invited me to move to Florida. I was living 45 minutes north from here. And she's like, come to Florida and figure it out. At least you'll have the sunny skies, the palm trees and the beaches to inspire you. So I did. And for, very, for a few years, I was just like, I don't know what to do. I'm, I'm lost. Like, I, I, I don't know if TV is the right thing for me. I felt so empty there and coaching. I just didn't feel like uh, enough. It was that imposter syndrome, right? Of like, who am I to coach? And I am not, like we start you know, we start thinking about how um, there's people more qualified or there's other people that could do it better. And um, so there was a lot of imposter syndrome going on there. And I knew I could do TV. It just didn't feel as fulfilling. And I said, if only there was a way to do both. <clears throat> if only there was a way I could combine these two passions, because like you, I am a multi, you know, passionate entrepreneur. I just didn't know how at the time. Uh, I ended up starting a business uh, and it was um, a freelance business uh, doing videos for like spokesperson videos for um, for companies, anything they wanted on video that they couldn't do. I would do courses. I would do church announcements. I would do, I mean, anything they wanted on video um, that I could present, I started doing. I just wanted to work for myself. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. I wanted to work for myself. I wanted to work from home. I got a little studio. I got, a, got you know, lights and backdrops and and started working from home and I thought okay this is cool I'm an entrepreneur but still it felt unfulfilling even though I was working for myself and um and then uh be after you know when when the pandemic hit that's when I really realized I need to go back to coaching I had been coaching but it was very low-key and wasn't very I wasn't charging very much I had maybe like two clients uh but it wasn't like I have a coaching practice so when the pandemic hit, I said, I want to take this full time. And um, I hired a coach and that's how you and I met. We hired the same coach and joined this mastermind and really started taking things to the next level. I, I had never stopped posting inspirational things on my Instagram. I've been doing that for years since the Bahamas. It just never stopped. I wasn't doing it for a living. I just kept posting and posting and doing what I loved. So it wasn't really hard to start monetizing everything because I had built an audience uh, by then. And, um, but still I felt like if only there was a way to combine my passion, I have this passion for, for, for TV and I have this passion for, um, you know, being in front of the camera, um, like how, like, how is this going to work out? And uh, I ended up meeting um, who the person who's not my, my business partner and he did production and he felt like the perfect person to partner up with, except I couldn't afford him. He was doing high quality, high quality uh, production work that I knew I could not afford. And uh, he was just about helping others and his work was all, you know, it all surrounded um, making the world a better place. And I was like, this is a production partner I would need. And I told him, I'm going to hire you sometime. I don't, I can't afford it now, but I will hire you. And you and I are going to collaborate on a project. Well, um, a few months into lockdown, you know, after the pandemic started, he, he had more time on his hands and he called me and was like, Hey, I remember the conversation we had. And um, 
I think that there's a way for you to do this. Uh, there's a way for us to collaborate. And um, so I said, okay, let's do it. And um, we ended up this, this, this whole year, started this year, the planning started last year, but uh, 2021, by then we kind of realized we wanted to film something. We didn't know what it was, uh, but we were going to film something that was going to help people become better people. Again, we had no idea what we were in for. <laughs> he picked up a camera. Um, we started picking people here in Miami that felt like they were doing, they were transforming people's lives in unique ways. And we started interviewing them. And uh, we wanted, one of the bigger things that we wanted is that we wanted to give people something practical they could do. We felt the interviews had been overdone and um, we wanted practicality. Like what can someone go home and what can someone do when they go home and just start doing today to improve their lives? Something practical, something small, palatable. And that's what we were uh, big on. Later, um, we, we, have, it's, it, we have this uh, one uh, acquaintance of ours who uh, we decided we wanted to interview. She does sound healing. And we're like, hey, we want to interview you. And we had these crazy ideas of having these beautiful spaces where we would film. And she's like, well, I actually um, I do a class on this floating, this floating yoga studio. And so it's, this, it's, it's like a studio that's on water, but it's um, indoor, but there's lots of it's glass. So you are on the water and you can, it's this beautiful scenery with the Miami skyline. And we're like, perfect. Yes, we want to film there. And uh, so we start, we interview her and she has a class right after. She said, you should stay for the class and you can film the class. Well, the students start showing up. And uh, somebody asked like, oh, this is so cool. What are you guys filming? And I was like, uh, I looked at my business partner whose name is Edwin and I said, Edwin, what are we filming? Like, I have no <laughs> idea what we're filming. <laughs> like we were probably like, I don't know, we were two or three interviews deep, but I didn't know what we were calling. Like I had no idea what this was. I knew we were picking up the camera and we were gonna start interviewing people, but we didn't, there was no, we didn't know what it was. There was no name to it. We, there was no structure. There was just, we were filming something. And uh, Edwin was really busy. And this is when, when um, uh, the Alba is her name, Alba, who we're interviewing, she stepped in and she's like, oh, well, they're filming a docu-series that's based on human transformation. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's what we're filming. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. I like it. Yeah, I'll take it. So uh, yeah, uh, after that, I talked to, my business partner, I said, Hey, I really think this could be a docuseries, like an ongoing docuseries based on like, I, I, she just kind of got it. Like when we told her we were filming, it was like, she's like, Oh, it's this. And we went with it and we're still going with it. And uh, so we started filming and there's been a lot of trial and error and it's been amazing. And I've been able to combine my talents, I, the coaching part of it and the journalist side of me. And, um, it's just been all of my passions now in one and this docuseries it's about to release it's releasing uh december and the what we're releasing in december is the the pre-season launch which is us everything that we filmed that we didn't know what to do with um we wanted to just talk about the journey of the making of it's called embody the making of embody and everything that we learned from filming each piece and our takeaways and how we could help others and just what the docuseries is about and what I'm about is all about carving your own path. Uh, and, and you and I were talking about this, about there is no cookie cutter approach for anybody. You know, it's just, you create your own path. And the docuseries is about carving your own path and your own personal transformation, growth and healing. No two stories are the same. You can take suggestions However, it's just that, a suggestion. You still have to experiment with what works for you. So the docu-series, uh, it challenges conventional thinking of what transformation is, and it experiments with alternative practices and modalities so that people can find their own path. So as you watch me experiment with different things, I'm a host and the producer for the docu-series, uh, we're hoping to inspire people to experiment with their own lives. And, and, we're, and again, this is alternative modality. So things that you would never guess could cause personal transformation. Like we have an episode that the first one that's gonna release, it's about 
perfume. You know, and most people don't associate perfume with personal development, but there's a lot going on there, which we dive uh, deep into. Uh, we also, I had one of my friends come on the docuseries and she's a contortionist. So how do all these things play a role in your transformation? And uh, since my path has been very, my path to healing and transformation has been very unconventional, we wanted to showcase that now, document it and put it out for the world to see. So, so and I think my entire story has been about carving my own path. And, uh, and, and encouraging people, and this is what I encourage my clients to do. It's like, what is, you know, carve your own path. What does it look like for you? And again, not be tied into, well, people on Instagram are doing this, or this is trending on Instagram. And it's such a much, it's a much, and trust me, from the girl that like really was trying to live this Instagrammable life and attained it and still felt empty inside when it was, it wasn't that it's not, it's not what it looks like. And we hear this a lot, you know, like Instagram versus real life, but I, I did it and I lived it and it was so unfulfilling. And I think, I don't think, I know this with every fiber in my body that when you carve your own path and let your life look like what you want it to look like with what fulfills you, it's a much more beautiful, I mean, it's, 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 it can't be replicated, number one. And most importantly, it's real. Um, it's a real, it's a real fulfillment. It's a real joy rather than how can I make this look perfect for everybody else? So now I'm no longer worried about perfect. And people will tell me, but your social media looks, I'm like, you know what? And, and I tell people, don't base, don't go, don't base me off of what I put on social media. It's, it is a very curated approach and the pictures have been edited. And of course, you know, like there's filters and like, and, and I tell people like, it's, it's, it's just that what I'm really working on now, what I focused on all of 2021 is how do I truly fulfill myself as I fulfill my mission and help others. Yeah. And that's been a lot more, more gratifying. Yeah. And that's what real leadership is, is for you to say, okay, it's not about me and the perfect social media feel, feed, but like, how can I help someone else? How can I get someone else to figure out what's right for them and to go on that journey and being there alongside them. Because I think that's one of the hardest things about personal growth is sometimes your immediate household, your immediate community is not on that journey with you. And so having that coach or that friend, or sometimes it is seeing someone on TV to be like, okay, it's possible. Um, and it's worth the journey to get to where I really want to be on that other side to, to find what is fulfilling for me. And it's so easy for us to say, oh, I'll be fulfilled when I have a million dollars. I'll be fulfilled when I lose 25 pounds. I'll be fulfilled when I have the perfect sunny apartment that overlooks the perfect view and I'm in the bikini by the pool, whatever those things are. But when you, anyone who's actually experienced the travels or the money or whatever will all tell you, it's not about checking off a box. It's about finding what fulfills you. And for you, that's the arts. And then for you to take that creative performing arts background and now match it with your coaching and find what works for you that now you can help and give back to others. That's what makes the difference. And I, I love hearing your story because I think it's so important for people to realize that like, hey, you, maybe you've had three or four different careers. Maybe you've had not the best, you know, romantic situation, but you can take every aspect of your journey of your story and say, I'm going to go out and help one person. You don't have to help a million. You don't have to help a billion, but help one person and inspire that person that you help to go help one more person um, and really creating a ripple effect of change through that and recognizing that it's not about the perfect social media feed or the perfect skyline backdrop, whatever in your photos um, as well. And those are all cool. Like I absolutely have a bucket list of random cities I want to go to, mm -hmm. to check off that I've been there. Absolutely. And there's nothing wrong with that, but realizing that what's fulfilling is, you know, way beyond the social media feed mm -hmm. um, as well, but the lives that are being impacted on the other side of that.
Agreed. And, and you said something very important as I'm not trying to say, you know, like, oh, don't go after those things. I go after those things as well. Do you know what I mean? I, I live here in Miami Beach and I want the skyline view, but that's not what fulfills me and drives me, you know, and, and of course we all want the perfect partner and the Prince Charming. Those are, it's just not what, it's not the end goal. The end goal is finding that which fulfills you, carving your own path. And for me, it, it is giving back and helping others while you're exploring, you know, those travel exactly. destinations and doing all those other things. But, and those things are, are bonuses. They're the cherry on top of, of your, of what you're truly doing, you're here, what you're here to do and your desires. But yes, it's, it's like you said, it's that ripple effect and giving back. And that person, you know, might give back in their own way and, and doing their, and, and doing what they came here to do yeah. on this earth. Yeah. And I, I just love that your story is not the traditional coaching story. Like you're creating a docu-series of watching people's transformation to inspire others to find what's going to work for them. And I think so often, the more you're in the entrepreneurial space, it's like, if you're not a coach, you're not doing good in the world. And like, there's so many other things. Like, obviously, yes, we have our teachers and our nurses that we naturally think of as helpers, but for you to say, okay, the arts is what I love and it's what's worked for me, but now let me help people kind of explore how they can heal themselves and how, um, so I actually didn't know this about you, but I actually, I also have a performing arts background. I did theater right through college. And for me, I've actually said that like, my time on the stage and in theater has been more therapeutic than therapy um, yes. at any point because mm-hmm. I got it all out on the stage and building character and character development is one of the greatest things. And people who have no idea what we're talking about are like, okay. Um, but the psychology that goes into theater has done a lot more for me than an actual psychologist trying to walk me through anything. Um, And that's my experience. I'm not saying therapy is bad. Like that's absolutely a a great tool to use, but my personal experience, the arts did that, you know, for me. So hearing you create this docuseries, I was like, she needs to be on the podcast. What is going on? I want the scoop. Um, But also for you to share that story because there's more than one way to give back. There's Mm -hmm. more than one way to serve and to make an impact. And like, if you're a web designer, you helping someone get their words formatted and shaped on a page is going to help with that transformation just as much as a person who is an actual psychologist or a therapist Um, and and recognizing that we all play our part in how we're creating impact in this world um, as well. So thank you so much for sharing that. I obviously, you know, once this podcast is released, I'll be updating so that people have the docuseries link just as much as your oh. personal, you know, contact info um, as Thank well, you. because I want them to be able to, to check this out. Um, but I'd love for you to share, you know, you obviously you're talking about creating your own path and what works, you know, for you, but what are some of the, um, you know, major kind of I hate using rules, but rules for success that you instill with your clients or that you're trying to bring about in this docu-series and the work that you do in general? So one of the cornerstones of what I, that I, what I do is, um, and what's, and this is how the acting comes into play, um, and the theater and how it helped you is that through the, through, and it doesn't have to be the arts, it can be different for everyone else, but it's all about self-expression. So if you look at my story, or you look at other people's stories that are actually like fulfilled with what they're doing is, is that there's a form of self-expression uh, in whatever way it looks like for them. And that's the cornerstone of my, of what I do of in every way with coaching, with the docu-series, with any of my corporate training programs. It's about how self-expressed are you? Because we're not self-expressing yourself. It's hard to say, it's hard to, number one, express emotions, which means you are repressing emotions, which leads to wanting to numb emotions or doing what everybody else tells you that you need to be doing because you can't express what it is that you truly desire, which is what I was going through my self-destructive lifestyle. And I don't want to go too far back, uh, but I mean, I could. I could. This started for me for a long time ago, but for me, it was um, uh, very quickly, it was, it was just the need to fit in. 
Um, I, you know, my, my dad is African-American. My mom is Mexican. My, my parents split when I was younger. I went to go live in this side of town that was very Latin. And I was the only person that looked like me. I was the only person with big curly hair, dark skin. And I couldn't even go home and be like, okay, I'm going back to this black family. I would go home to a Mexican mother that was like, I have no idea how to help you. Um, and, and, and it was very hard for me. So I, I mastered the art of fitting in, repressing uh, who I am, you know, as I started getting older, started straightening my hair, trying to be as Mexican, quote unquote, as possible and let people not fear that I was different because uh, living in the community I lived in, everybody was just like, whatever's different is, is off. It's odd. It's, 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 and I was that. So I had to master the art of being like everyone else and uh, being accepted and being loved and try to get people to look past what I look like and live like that for a very long time. And it's a very repressed way of living. And it says to yourself, I am not enough. I have to be something else. And which led to, there's a lot of things that led to the self-destructive lifestyle, but it led to drinking, to numb feelings, to, uh, or to either numb feelings or to finally express myself. But when I was expressing myself, it was done in a very uh, chaotic way and led to other, you know, friendships and, and just different things that weren't serving me. And that, that's not everyone's path, obviously. Uh, mine was a little bit different, but it's, it, there's people that are repressing in different ways, even if you're repressing what you truly desire. What is it that you truly desire? And with self-expression, you're able to express, hey, I want to have this kind of lifestyle and I want that kind of freedom. And I want to have the love of my life. And I want to have a business that fulfills me. And you're able to see that and uh, express it. And when you express it, you are automatically accepting it uh, because you're expressing it. And so there's a lot of self-acceptance uh, with self-expression. There's a lot of, uh, it, it's okay. Kind of going back to acting, it, it's okay to be, it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be sad. It's okay. It's a safe place. And, um, and, and it's okay. Again, for me, it was, it was my character. It's my character doing this. I'm just, you know, doing my character justice. But it was still a safe, a safe place, for, uh, place for me to express. And there's different ways of self-expression. You and I have found it through, you know, performing arts. But there's also other arts, dance, and people express themselves to, through dancing. Journaling. The reason why journaling has become a big thing these days and the reason why it continues to be is because people are realizing I can express myself on paper on this paper that no one's going to read I can put it out there I can let it flow through me and I can you can even really just ask yourself certain you know journaling prompts and get to the bottom of some of the things that you're subconsciously thinking and really work things out on paper that's why journaling is a big hit I have a journaling kit and uh because I, I realize some people writing really helps them uh, speaking uh, is another way to just, that, that's one of the ways, it's, it's probably one of the most advanced ways to express yourself because through dancing, through, um, through even just scribbling what's on your mind, through um, feeling the feelings, it, sometimes you can't put words to certain things. So through when you actually can put uh, certain words or some people, that's how they express themselves. That's just another form of self-expression. Fashion. You know, it's just all about, all about like, this is who I am. This is where I want to go. This is who I want to be. And that's part of the docu-series. Uh, part of our docu-series is about <clears throat> how everything plays a role in who you're telling yourself you are and, um, and, and who you're telling others you are by the clothes that you wear, by um, the perfume that you're wearing. Or, you know, there's, there's different ways to express yourself and... Um, have this nonverbal communication. So self-expression number one is a is um one of the I would say it, it's a big it's a foundation for success uh, because again you can follow the success that somebody else has that somebody else it's a, the success formula that somebody else is giving you but are you really going to be happy? You're not going to be happy until you self-express what it is that you desire and um and as coaching goes about it's about um, shedding the limitations that tell you that you can't get there. But without mm -hmm. self-expression, it's just really, 
it becomes a lot harder to get there. Yeah. Uh, so and I, I love that. I know, you know, a lot of people always want to make some type of excuse around journaling. It's definitely a developed skill set to really practice and get into the true habit of journaling. But whatever it is that's going to help you to, I think when you put words and have a language around it, that's the best part. I think dance is great. I think music is great. I think taking on a character in a play or whatever it might be is always great. But there's something about putting pen to paper, um, or even if you really want to go ahead and be a speaker, again, like you said, that's another level of it. But having the words behind whatever is happening gets you to a place of actually understanding. Um, and you think about, you know, children who don't have a language, so they throw tantrums. Um, and we understand it when it's happening from a two-year-old, okay? Like she doesn't know what's wrong. She's just going to cry and scream until we all magically figure it out. Uh, but recognizing that that's not how it works as adults. And so being able to have that language, and even if you're not ready to share it, right? Like no one's saying that you have to go email your journal entry, you know, to another person, but for you to say, okay, I've written it out. I've thought about it. Um, you know, you think of those really intense retreats where like you write it down and then you burn it in the fire, right? It's not about mm -hmm. other people knowing um, whatever it is, but for you to actually put the thoughts into words, it gives you a level of freedom um, that you can, you know, turn around and go make a million dollars or move to the other side of the world or whatever your crazy or dreams might be because you've now given yourself the authority to say, okay, I know what's going on. I know that this is the truest version of myself. And now I'm going to go and make a choice after this of whatever you want to do next in life. So I love that you're talking about, you know, the journaling and I'll definitely drop a link to your journaling kit in the show notes as well, because I think that's a great place for all of us to start um, and to use those prompts to say, okay, this is what I want next in my life. Yes, yes. I love, I love, love, love everything that you said. And I love that last line of like, this is what I want next in my life. That is hugely important. That's probably my rule number two. Um, and it's, and here's the thing, okay, before I go into what rule number two is, here's, I want to preface it with saying, this is what I tell my clients, this is what I preach from the mountaintops on my Instagram is that people think that transformation has to be this big thing. Like you have to undergo this big shift for you to really transform. When in reality, that big shift is behind um, all the little tiny, tiny, subtle things that you do daily. And we place our focus in how far we have left to go. When, it's, when the focus is on the little baby shift that you can make today. So a lot of the times, a lot of this advice goes, uh, people just say, oh, okay, yeah, you know, like journaling or, oh, okay, which is my next one that people hear over and over and over again. But until you really apply it, you don't really understand the power of it until you really apply it. And then you realize this works. So my next one is having a vision, knowing where it is that you're going and what it is that you want. And when I talk about having a vision, it's not just like, okay, so I want to have a million dollars and uh, I want to live, you know, by the bay in my Miami beach apartment. And I want to get married. It's, it's more about like, can you truly see it? Like when I say vision, can you see it in your mind's eye? Like, can you really see this playing out as a movie in your mind's eye? Do you, can you see can you smell it? Can you live it? Can you close your eyes and like really engulf yourself in it as if you are living this movie that is your future life and really having that vision. And one of the things that I do with my clients is I walk them through, and it's a little bit of NLP, an NLP technique that I have mixed with uh, creating a vision. And it's, 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 just the, the techniques that I use just really puts them in, drops them in, uh, drops this vision into the future as if it's a future memory um, so that they can draw back to as that have already happened. And when you have this vision and you can see it crystal clear, again, you're living it, you can feel it, taste it, and recall it almost as if it was something that happened five minutes ago. Then everything changes. Everything changes. Uh, when I talked about earlier that, you know, I, I wrote about my 
dream about living to, moving to the Caribbean it was I felt that dream like I knew that dream inside and out so there was no surprise when six months later hey you guys want to move to the Caribbean like randomly and this happens a lot in in my life or in my clients lives it's just like it almost seems like magic when you can truly have that vision, you know what you're working towards because you don't have that panic of like, what if it doesn't happen? Or what if this is, it's like almost like it's already happened. If you can see it in your mind, it already happened. And you're just like, okay, I just know I have to take these steps, but you have that it's already done. I like to call it that it's already done mentality, which I also share with my clients. Um, when you're in that, it's already done. That vision that I want, it's already done. Um, consider it done I just have to go through the motions of getting it but it's already done when you have that nothing can stop you and and people are like well how do I get there having that vision and you know for anyone listening that wants a practical step because I'm all about practical steps is sitting down and again taking that time almost like a meditation music if you need to and really think about a specific time in your life one of the errors that I see people make with this is that they don't want to get very clear. Like they want to travel. And, and when I'm walking them through this, I'm like, where are you? Oh, somewhere in Europe. I'm like, but where? Um, either Spain, France, or no, but just like, I'm not saying you're married to the idea if you pick Spain, but for the sake of, of this, this um, practice, pick a place, you know, and uh, really put yourself there in that moment and get very clear about every detail. Uh, when I say, okay, so what do you do for a living? Oh, um, I think that I'm coaching, but I could also pick, just pick, again, you're not married to this, but you are the creator. And, um, and that's, 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 that's part of the rule. You are the creator. You are creating. Um, when we leave things to chance or we seek our reality to inform us, what's happening when we're looking around us and saying, oh, well, I don't have the clients. That means I'm not good enough. Oh, I don't have, the guy hasn't arrived. That means I may not. When you're looking at your reality to inform you, you're doing yourself a huge disservice because you're cutting off the creator portion of you, the co-creator portion of you. When you're creating the vision, now you're leading. When you're setting the tone for your life, now you're leading. When you're disregarding whatever is around you, um, and because our current reality, this is all irrelevant. This is all passing. This moment will pass. But when, when you are creating, you become the master of your life. You really do. You're co-creating with the universe. Yes, there are some things that you will not be able to control and they were just meant to happen, but it's a co-creation with the universe and understanding that you were you know, meant to handle it. So anything in your life, you can change. So if you, know, if you are in Spain, but you also want to be in France, tomorrow you can have another vision of you being in France, uh, I just, I, I see this a lot. I don't know why people get like really scared. Like, no, but, but I want to be like everywhere in France. I'm like, for, for the sake of this, just pick a place, yeah. uh, pick <laughs> a profession. Exactly. And um, it maybe may in, in that vision, you, you know, that tomorrow you're going to France, just, just pick something. What, what matters most is that you're not so vague and it becomes a memory that you can relate to. Um, a memory that you could, a future memory that you can always um, go back to. So that's number two, having, um, having that vision um, and carving your own path and using the co-creator part in you to, to really just uh, lead the way in your life and not letting your current reality inform who you are. You are informing <clears throat> your current reality, who you are with your vision. And uh, lastly, um, I would say just, and then we know this from coaching, is aligning every single decision you make based on that vision. So everything that you do is based on that future memory that you created for yourself. Uh, so it becomes easier to make decisions uh, when you're stuck between doing one thing or the other, which one is going to closely get me to my future memory or my vision. And then it becomes easier to choose to choose that. But again, you can't really have that vision and feel fulfilled when you get there if you're not truly self-expressed and really express what you want. Not what your coach wants, not what someone's doing on Instagram because you're trying to copy them, not what somebody else wants, what you, what you truly want to be and do and have. So that's how you can get there and take it from the person who did 
all the wrong things and you know to have the instagramable instagramable life and realize this is not fulfilling at all this is still empty and um you're basing your life on that and when things go wrong and it's not so picture perfect like what do you do then yeah so it's more important to have that vision yeah I love that and I like that you said just like write down the career I think a lot of times and this is very much just kind of how we were raised it's like what's your 5 10 15 20 25 year plan and every single step along the way I think kind of knowing like right before I retire I want this to be the final goal and then let life take you on that journey. Uh, you know, obviously you're always remembering and pushing yourself towards that ultimate thing. So if your goal is to be a doctor, my guess is you're probably not buying too many guitars or the exact opposite. If you want to be a musician, you might not want to spend money on med school, but recognizing, okay, this is my goal. And this is the direction I'm heading. And I think for you, you're like, okay, I've always loved the arts, right? But whether that was spokesperson, TV, you know, acting, like there was a lot of different things that brought you navigating and now you're filming and producing uh, and, you know, behind the camera. And a lot of times we kind of tell ourselves like, yes, you're hosting, so you're on the camera as well. But a lot of times we're like, oh, if it's the arts, then I must be front and center lead, you know, the Denzel Washington or the Halle Berry of my future. And like, hey, maybe you'll be the one holding the camera or directing that vision behind it. And so giving yourself room to explore what that's going to look like and not deciding so finitely and having such a tight grip. But again, having that vision, great. If it's France, is that the Eiffel Tower? Is that in a restaurant? Just pick one. Is it a restaurant that looks at the Eiffel Tower? Be really, really specific. And you might not know the name of that restaurant, but when you get there, you're going to show up and be like, that's the restaurant that looks at the Eiffel Tower. That's where we're eating for the next three meals in a row, whenever that looks like, um, or if that's another country, like add that to your list. Maybe for some people, it's not travel. I love travel. So to me, I'm like, who doesn't have that on their list? <laughs> but like for the one person listening that travels not on their list, whatever that thing is for you, write down that vision. I think that's another thing, like write it down. Write it down on a piece of paper. Again, that pen to paper does something for your brain um, when you're physically connecting your hand, Mm -hmm. your eyes, your actual brain to write it down. Um, And no one's holding Mm -hmm. you to it, right? Like I'm not telling you to go post it on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram and tell the whole world about this dream, but put it tucked away in the tiny, tiny fold of your journal whatever it is, but write down that dream, write down that vision and be as detailed as you can about it. It's statistically proven that just by writing down a goal, even if you never think about it again, actively, you're 47% likely to make it happen. Um, And if you're actually active and focused and working towards it, then you're 75% likely to make it happen. And if you add accountability, which is where coaching comes in, then 95% of it happens. But again, 50% of it is just writing it down. So like, if you're listening to this, whatever that vision mm-hmm. is, whether it's your career or your personal life, relationships, travel, write it down, write down the goal, make it plain, and then see where life takes you on that journey as well. But um, thank you so much for sharing those insights, for sharing your story, for literally being a living example of not having to fit any molds just make it up see where life takes you and create the the life that works out that you are fulfilled and doing what you're meant to be doing Um, so thank you so much for sharing all of that if everyone listening was to remember you by just one thing what is the legacy that you are looking to create uh well i feel like i've um hopefully uh, beat this horse to death but definitely yes carve your own path uh carve your own path and don't be afraid to be uniquely you that's actually the thing that's going to get you everything uh beyond your wildest dreams and um you know just that's that's the one thing so many of us just shy away from who we are and that's actually the very thing that is the key to everything you've ever desired I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much. I will drop all the links that we've been talking about Thank in you. the show notes. Um, 
anyone that's listening, go send Soul a DM on Instagram and connect with her um, or check out her website, the journaling kit, and of course the Embody docuseries. Soul, thank you so much for joining me today. Are you searching for a simple way to run your business sustainably as you create your best life? Click the link in the show notes to learn about upcoming workshops or speaking events and to work with me directly. I'll teach you my methodology for applying psychology to your business strategy without the cookie cutter tactics so you can avoid burnout and confidently step into leadership and own your expertise. If you've enjoyed this podcast episode, please take a moment to share it on Instagram or your favorite social media platform and tag me at Coach Keds. Now go the extra mile and even leave a review on Apple Podcasts to help more women listen in and join our community. Thanks for listening to Amplify Ambition. Until next time, dream loudly.